Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dream Big Podcast, where we are discussing topics that focus on developing today's youth into right now leaders. The Dream B.I.G. Podcast is hosted and produced by the scholars in the Leap to College Foundation, a 501c3 organization that creates and supports programs which directly achieve positive outcomes for underrepresented students by improving high school graduation rates and college acceptance through educational enrichment activities, internships, mentoring, community engagement, leadership development, and parental involvement. My name is Sydney Steele III, one of the podcast team members and a junior at Parkdale High School. I am super excited to welcome back our listeners to our podcast. As a quick plug, we invite all of our listeners and supporters to connect with us further at our website, www.leap.collegefoundation.org and various social media sites. Our Instagram is Leap to College Foundation, Inc. Once again, Leap is spelled L-E-E-P. And our YouTube, L2C Dream B-I-G. In today's episode, you will hear from our podcast team, Kaylin Wright, Elena Rowe, and Zion Covington, and one of our podcast team leads, Christopher Wallace, on the basic of entrepreneurship. We discuss many things, including discovering your passion, investment, and so much more. This episode is hosted by Christopher Wallace, one of our team leads. I hope you enjoy this episode. We might drop a part two of this, y'all. So make sure to follow us on Spotify to be notified and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And something extra for y'all today. Grab a notebook. Get you some pencil and paper. Write down everything you hear in this session for y'all, for my loves. Enjoy. Welcome to the Dream Big Podcast, hosted by the Leap to College Foundation. My name is Christopher Wallace. I am a mentor with the Leap to College Foundation, and today I'm joined by a great group of panelists as we will be discussing entrepreneurship uh, within our youth, how you can get engaged, all tips and tricks of the trade. So let's start off by introducing our panel, and uh, we'll get started with our discussion. Hi everyone, my name is Elena Rowe. I am one of the podcast team leads on here and I'm also the educational and virtual programs coordinator here at Leap the College Foundation. And I've been here since the beginning and I am currently hoping to attend grad school in the fall. So excited to be here. Hello everyone, my name is Kaylin Wright. I'm one of the panelists and I've been here from the beginning. And yeah. Hey y'all, y'all already know by my voice who it is. My name is Sydney Still the Third. Um, I'm an L2C member. I've been here. I'm a panelist. I attend Parkdale High School, and today is a great day to talk about entrepreneurship. Hello, everybody. My name is Zion Covington. I go to St. Ambrose Catholic School. This I'm really excited to talk about entrepreneurship today. Fantastic. Thank you for taking the time to introduce yourselves, and uh, I'm really excited to get this conversation going. So let's jump right in. So I think the first thing that's important for anybody to do, especially uh, if and when you're young, is understanding what you want your business to be. What niche do you want your business to operate in? 
do you want to do something like sell a good and that's making something do you want to have a service as in doing something for people ultimately what is something that you do really well and I think this is a good place to start because so many of our panelists here today have interests have things that they may potentially want to bring into the entrepreneurship world so I open up the floor tell me some of those things about your interests. what do you think would translate to a good business uh, I do that with video editing. I thought about going on Fiverr and like making like a video editing business, but I just haven't got around to it yet. In the future, uh, I kind of want to be an artist, you know, a singer songwriter. So maybe I would create a business um, that revolves around that. Um, I do write um, some songs just from here and there, time to time, you know, so that would be something that I would uh, build my business off of, something that I love, which is most important. Personally, I haven't really thought about a business or business idea or any of that sort because I don't know I just always wanted to do something else for me also I really thought of I guess if I had a business what would it be but I think something that would be really interesting um that I would probably like to do is maybe do like academic or not academic like some sort of camp I guess or some sort of business in that way we're providing a service where students could come in and they could do like um their own uh, art pieces or their own like writing pieces, just like a, a art space, basically, where students come in and, you know, release their creativity, whatever that may be. That's a, something I'd probably do. Okay. These are some big money-making ideas here. Very successful, very creative. So uh, definitely if you get the opportunity to do those things, make those happen. So in speaking for myself, um, an interesting thing that I've gotten into recently was sneaker restoring. So, buying old sneakers off of sites like eBay or Mercari, cleaning them up, getting the laces nice, cleaning up the outsoles, making them look as new as possible, learning more information from other restorers over social media or different websites. And uh, I like working with my hands, um, so it's good for production that way. I like sneakers. I, I would consider myself a sneakerhead. I got a few pairs. <laughs> and so... Um, that's something that you can go off of and as far as understanding what are your interests, what do you like to do, and how you can market that um, successfully into a business idea. So let's talk about a very important aspect here of finding who your target audience is and establishing who that is. Uh, Kaylin, for example, you mentioned that you wanted to go into video editing. So if you were to start a business, who would be your target audience? Who would be the clientele you are looking for to build out your brand? Well, obviously it would be people who want video editing. But like, I don't know, people, there's like different types of stuff. Like people who make like wedding videos, they'll might come to someone like that to get them edited. People who just like write an event and just want like to get edited real quick like not that much not that much money this you know come to me or something like that you know stuff like that i would say for uh my singer songwriting i think my audience would depend on whoever i write to not necessarily write to but um you know social issues that i talk about like if i was talking about um like mental health issues and stuff i think it like if i talk about mental health that's it doesn't matter what age you are um, or what social group you are a part of, mental health affects everyone, everyone. If I was to write about, um, you know, love, that affects everyone. You know, everybody has someone in their heart who they truly appreciate, appreciate deep down inside. Um, 
And, you know, I just think that um, that that's what my age range. It wouldn't matter. Excellent, excellent stuff right there. Uh, let's shift the conversation to talking about how to structure your business. And I think the biggest point and the most important point is the name of your business. The name of your business is the first thing that communicates and interacts with your potential customers. It is what separates you. It is what identifies you and ultimately establishes the brand of business that you want to do in the economy. So in my case, for example, as I'm trying to establish my shoe restoring business, you'll find that a lot of other businesses have what their names have this derivation of the word soul, like the soul of the shoe. So something like uh, soul fresh or uh, soul kicks or something of that sort. Right. And so I could choose that, but then I would feel like I could get lost in the shuffle. So in my mind, I, I tried to work around the laces, uh, the laces of the shoe. So like laced up or laced in or something of that sort, but something that can help me stand out, but yet still communicate to my clientele, my potential business that this is what I do clean and choose and things like that. What are some tips or some advice that you would give to somebody in your position if they're trying to start a business and how to name it? Uh, for me, it's always about like, I guess your name has to like mean something, really. So like, when someone asks you like, oh, why'd you name that stuff? Because of this, like, my YouTube channel name is called Axum Master. And I like, for like face value, you're like, okay, well, like, it means because every single time you ask me something, I have an answer. It might, it might not be right, but I got an answer for you. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I came about that. Off of what Kaylin said, it's some, it has to mean something. Like, it, it can't be random. Like, doing um, something for computers, you can't name yourself something that doesn't have anything to do with computers. And then also, um, it also helps if it rhymes a bit. That That's always a good if it rhymes a bit um for me i would i guess i could go i'm gonna think a little differently i was thinking about like maybe naming your business after who inspired you to create it you know like like people like baking and so take say for example mm -hmm. you're baking right and you know you have you have your grandma's recipe and you say my grandma she just had this in old bin or whatever you know i'm gonna use it and i'm a Re refurbish it and make it real new make it relevant make it 2022 you know and you can say and you can you can name it like uh, uh grandma's recipe refurbish or something you know whoever inspired it you know um name it after that because that you you tell a story um, by your name as well you know who was grandma these cookies like if your cookies are really good who's grandma who made these cookies so grandma must have been really sweet you know you could be in lifting encouraging somebody uh uplifting someone uh you never know what, what you can do with your name or how you label it how you label yourself that's some good stuff right there that's some good stuff and uh there's another question here i want to get to as well and uh, it states that how can i create a business that doesn't fail in the first year and i don't want to have anybody disillusioned especially if you're thinking about starting a business becoming an entrepreneur a lot of businesses operate in the red within their first year. And when I say in the red, that means that they're turning in some kind of a revenue, but because they have things like payroll and paying their employees or renting out the building they may operate in or supply costs that they're not exactly profitable yet. 
So for some time at the beginning of your business, nine times out of 10, you'll be operating in some sort of negative. I think a big modern day example of that is Amazon. Amazon was operating in the red for a really long time as they started off, but then a bit of the technical revolution came about and they were able to do things like Amazon Prime. And then that's when they were, were able to turn a corner and start making a lot more money. Now, it's certainly possible that you know, once you start your business and you you can hit the ground running and immediately start making profit and start to expand and things that of that sort. But the numbers dictate and the history dictates that that's not necessarily the experience that all business owners or a large majority of business owners experience. But what we can speak to is how can we be motivational? How can we continue to inspire ourselves to get through some of the tough and difficult times of starting a business, owning a business, operating a business. And we can apply that experience, not to just uh, being an entrepreneur, but to really a lot of things in, in our lives that we have been through. So I like the panel to discuss uh, what are some things that we can do to really motivate ourselves through some difficult times and how we can use that to get to success. Well, I was thinking of um, like play the lottery, scratch from tickets. If you have some financial issues, you operate out of loss, you know, just to a little jokey joke on there but no really um i think you could find a way to make things maybe cheaper maybe like maybe somebody maybe using um like a high material maybe go down to maybe a lower material i guess or or maybe i don't know how that would like really do it because i don't have my own business but all i could say is try finding try finding another um a way to get your products out there, I guess. Like if you're a manufacturing company, you know, and your operating costs cost more than what you sell out, maybe find a different way to operate. You know, maybe you may have to go back to hands-on operating, you know, technical does cost more. You have more to think about. Uh, maybe go back to hands-on, you know, uh, that again, hands-on does give people, does give uh, people um, a chance to work. Um, it has people to earn a living you know, rather than a computer that can break at any time during the day and you have no way to repair it, you have lost a lot of money that day. You have lost uh, quite a lot of money if you're, you know. Um, so find different ways to operate. That's what I would say. What I would say is don't be afraid to get some help. Like your ask a close friend or a family member if they can spare you a few dollars. Make sure, and also, make sure you actually go in it. Make sure you're not buying all this stuff and selling, like, you sell a bit, but like, oh, I don't feel like doing this now. I don't feel like doing it today. I feel like just laying down. Make sure you actually get work done because then that would just put a burden on yourself. Like, if you're selling food items and you're lazy like that, it could expire, and that's all the, that money wasted. So That's a really great point, Zion, and to... Also talk about Sydney's point, uh, brought up the idea of market share and market share is essentially the percentage of business that you control within a specific industry or uh, market. So a big idea in that is lowering your expenses potentially. So to go back to the cookie example, let's say you are making your cookies with some sort of high end brown sugar, right? You can cut that to just make it regular old granulated sugar and that would cut your expenses and that would potentially leading to more lead to more revenue and more profit. You could also consider lowering the price of your good or service entirely, which would open you up 
uh, to more clientele because you would be more accessible, uh, more uh, beating your prices would beat the competition. You do run the risk of lowering your reputation with other parts of the clientele, depending on their taste. Like, uh, so for example, if we're selling the cookies for two for five, and then now we're selling them, you know, two for a dollar, and somebody may say like, oh, these cookies only cost a dollar, they must not be that good. So you do run the risk of that, but it would definitely open you up to expand your market share uh, while cutting back on expenses. Or think about the example of Arizona iced teas. You know, that $1 price point has been, they've been holding strong at that price point. And while you think about the ingredients and the can itself, all of those things have gone up in price for them to make their product, but they don't do things like advertise or they don't do things like market make uh, commercials and things like that. So they don't need to pay those costs. So that's what's been helping them offset. And really the dollar itself is its own commercial. The consumer is always going cent. to love paying a dollar. Exactly. The consumer is always going to love just paying a dollar for a quality product. Let's shift gears to talking about another very important detail for a business, and that is location. Should you have a brick and mortar location in the first place? Where should it be located? What are some ideas that uh, we can give to our listeners about where our business should be? I mean, uh, I just want to say, oh, oh I, I just want you can go ahead. But all I'm going to say is you don't need a, you do not need a degree to start a business. Let me just say that you don't need a associate, oh, indeed, bachelor's, indeed. master's, uh, high school. You don't need no degree or certificate. Yeah, you may need a certification for whatever you're trying to do, but you don't need a degree to have an idea to start that business to get it up and running. But I'm going to let Kaylin finish saying what he had to say. Oh, I was going to say that's like the location kind of depends on like, you know, what you're trying to do. Like, say you're making, like, like Sydney's friend, uh, like making baked goods or whatever. You might want a storefront so someone could just walk in, see them, and be like, oh, that was good. You can be like, oh, here you go. Or if you're like making, like, I don't know, t shirts, you could have a storefront or like a factory or like something like that. I would say it definitely depends, I guess, on maybe what the person's com- comfortable with or what your idea of having your own business is. Now, you know, I guess obviously, you know, in this day and age, technology is basically everything. So you can either have, a, a you know, an online store or an online business and people can still, you know, come on and browse what you have or whatever it may be and then purchase it. Or, you know, if you would like, maybe you can expand it. You can expand it to a brick and mortar um, company if you feel it's, you know, if it's doing well. So it can be done both ways. I think it definitely... I think when you're first starting out, maybe it depends on what you're most comfortable with and what you can, you know, put into it. Excellent insight here. Uh, thank you again to the panelists. Uh, I hope you listeners at home are definitely getting some uh, good ideas or information out of this. Um, another thing I would like to offer is the uh, concept of brand protection. Uh, brand protection is very, very important if you are going to start out and create and want to own and operate your own business, become an entrepreneur. Uh, oh, very common way that that's done is through the uh, practice of trademarking. So if you have something for the example, like McDonald's, I'm loving it, right? They have, I'm loving it protected as in no one can else, no one other fast food chain or any other store, for example, can use that phrase to try and 
make money or run a profit or you'll have to deal with litigation and you'll have to deal with their lawyers so always keep that in mind um, there are plenty of tools uh, for that uh, one example is trademarkengine.com um, it's a free lookup to see whether your idea is already trademarked or if it's free and clear and then um, they have packages to where you can start small um, and go up to higher packages to things that involve things like cease and desist letters and that can really help with uh, stopping infringement and really establishing that you are the person that gets the most out of your business uh, when it comes to the revenue and things like that. Let's talk about also effectively engaging our demographic, our target audience. How can we locate them? How can we advertise to them? How can we get them to buy into our product, engage with us? Uh, for instance, this podcast is marketed towards middle school students, high school students, young college students who are, you know, trying to forge their path. Uh, what are some things that uh, pieces of advice that we can offer to our listeners on that regard? Well, uh, I guess depends again on the business like if you got a shirt business wherever you're going just wear the shirt and someone might like you like where you get that and you just tell them like i made this shirt i can sell it to you right now indeed indeed yeah i guess uh i'd say i don't really know the right words to say but um when you're targeting somebody you're you're choosing them so if you're targeting uh, young people, you're choosing young people, and you're so when you choose young people, you could choose young people to promote it, choose young people to advertise it, choose young people to to wear it. You know, um, if you're looking really, really for something specific, um, let them be the outlet for it. You know, let them, uh, like I said, promote it. Um, I'd also say, uh, I don't know, make stuff that your, your, your people need, you know, that's how you draw them in. That's how you bring your big audience in. Like if you're doing teenagers, uh, something good would be like an acne product. Cause I'm going through acne now, you know, I would be, I would be at the first in line, you know, maybe young adults too, uh, that a good uh, acne product. Um, if you're no, not, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying all old people have back issues and back pain and stuff, but if you feel the need to maybe want to tap into that, maybe you would create something for them, you know, uh, like the people who may have back pain or, or neck pain, the neck pain, the leg pain, whatever, whatever pains you have, you know, make something that's dedicated for them. Cause that's how you draw them in. Yeah. I was going to say uh, with uh, like targeting your audience, you want to make sure that it gets to first have, um, you shouldn't, you know, immediately just jump in and say, Oh, I'm going to do this and, you know, do this and do this is my business. But you should definitely have a uh, definitely have a plan, you know, written out either with yourself if it's a business for your, that you're starting yourself or with your your um, colleague or partner, and just make sure that you both have in mind, you know, where exactly do you want this business to go, and where uh, how, and how do I want to make it how do I want to make it work? And one of the things that does make it work is the people that you're selling it to. So you want to make sure you have a, a right plan um, to target, like you know, if it's Young people, then yes, of course, you probably use social media and things like that. Uh, maybe email, I don't know. With older people, it would probably be, um, again, you can use social media, most likely you can use Facebook or you could use, um, you know, maybe flyers is always a good option. Uh, making flyers and, you know, posting it uh, maybe in your um, local community center, things like that. So just, it definitely depends on who you're targeting and make sure you have a, a proper plan, I think, first. 
Just to do the flyer indeed. thing. I, I specialize in the flyer thing, y'all. So hit me up. You know, my girl Lena already know the flyer thing. I, I got y'all. And that's exactly the attitude that we're trying to foster. If you have a skill, if you have something that you're good at, tell the whole world, tell everybody. Um, so when you got your flyers, you want to make sure that you have your portfolio examples of your work. So that way people know that it's not just talk. Like when Sydney and flyers should be synonymous. Like when you start talking about the flyers, people should know that, oh, he's for real. And, and that's exactly what we're trying to go for. So in shifting gears here, I want to go back to the challenge section. And I think this has been a question that has been in internet discourse, really in discourse in general. But uh, the balance between having a nine to five job or a full time position while you're starting a business on the side, what do you think are some of the pros and cons? And is it something that's even possible at all? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. So I, I believe oh. that, yes, you can work a nine to five job. And some of the pros that are that you can get like extra money to help out with your business. But some of the cons are that, again, it's a nine to five job is taking away from time to actually build your business. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was going to uh, I'm simply saying the same thing. Yes. Use that job. Use them. I mean. That's I mean what you what you get from there you're you're putting into your business you know, and because that what your nine to five job is your source of income that's going to be I once you I mean I will say even if you even if when you get to ha still having your business still be with that job you know because that's that is your source of income that's what's that's what's um I would say adding making you money or add, be have eh can't have the words out it lets you um have the money like from there and you can put it to your business you know absolutely use that job take 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 all their money and use it for yourself use it for your business indeed indeed i think what my age demographic is learning is that a nine to five is really helpful when you want to use it to support yourself while starting a business simply put that that's money that is guaranteed to come in and that's money we can save to you know, three months of expenses or six months, even a year of expenses to where once we want to make that jump in full time, we've got things like the rent or your mortgage or food or utilities covered. And that's not really something that you want on your mind on a day to day basis while you're building up your business, trying to get that up off the ground. Um, and that's where a nine to five can be really, really helpful and powerful even as you're on your entrepreneurship journey. Uh, Elena, Kaylin, did you want to jump in on this? Nah, I think y'all said everything. Is this, is this the, question, the question about balancing the job? Like if you have a nine to five and a... Um... Yes, yes it is. Yeah, um, I think pretty much people have said, you know, I would say something similar. I mean, I think you could still have, um, I think if you're good with planning, I think you definitely have... Uh, both but i would definitely think that maybe you could start off with a a, a a stable position first and then once you you know build your income and everything and you feel you're on the right path to start your own business then yes i would say you, you can definitely do that very nice very nice so switching gears to another note under this uh section is how can we make and establish a rapport 
with our customers? How can our goods or our services uh, make them feel personally welcomed by us and included in what we're doing? I think this is a big thing because uh, having this sort of function within our business can get us through these uh, any valleys we may experience, but it will also help word of mouth advertising and helping those clientele stick with us and help us build revenue. So going back to the cookie example, right? <laughs> and now I'm thinking about cookies. Sydney got me thinking about cookies. I might have to get some after the podcast. But so what if we were to place an order, you know, a server order and we put an extra one because, you know, they've been buying so many cookies. Or what if you put in a handwritten note um, to say, hey, just thank you so much for buying with us and sticking with us. Um, what are some things that we can do to, you know, increase that retention, increase that patronage? so that the customer always feels inclined to come to us for whatever services and goods that we provide for them. I like the idea of um, writing notes to people. It makes people feel special. It makes people feel welcome. You know, I would want to, you know, go to a restaurant where somebody treats me horribly and just throws my food on the table and just, just speaks to me in a nasty tone and, and then to say it's be it's business, whatever. I mean, it's business, but there's also respect. There's also morals. Mm-hmm. There's also um, ethics. You know, you know. And then and then it's a, I'm a customer, so I'm not an employee. So watch it, you know. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I just I just think that, uh, like I said earlier, building a relationship with your uh, customers is is very important. A, a trustworthy one, not just anyone. A trustworthy one, not a fraudulent one. You know. Absolutely. Clear. Absolutely. Um, a lot of companies do like customer interviews. Like, what do you think about the product? But like some of them, they just do that and like just don't listen to like what the customers say. They're just doing it to the sake of saying that they, they do it. But like actually implement some of the stuff customers say because some of them people actually have good ideas. And that's a really, really good point, Caitlin, because what we want to communicate, especially to our customer more than anything is that we value their input we value their feedback and we're going to put those things into practice because we want to provide a great experience a great good and a great service and those things pay dividends when someone realizes that hey i'm really being included here in the process and i'm really being listened to businesses are a lot more communal and um community-based then they're really given credit for or marketed as it's an entire team concept um to put into practice there so definitely utilize that um way of looking at things when you're building your business when you're becoming an entrepreneur let's round out our discussion by talking about funding and we can how to fund our business and we can fund ourselves uh, we spoke a little bit about that when we were talking about nine to fives, but let's say we don't have that. What are some things that are at our disposal, some tools that we can use to help fund our business so that we can get it started, get it going, um, get it off the ground? Well, um, I said this before, but try to go to a family member or you could also use, mm-hmm. of course, that nine to five job because those are the most open and most you know, trustworthy ones because like a loan from the bank, those are going to take, those are just going to be put an extra burden on your back. Like, okay, I'm starting to make money, but then I'm going to have to pay back the bank, meaning I'm going to go back into the same position I was. And it's just a cycle. But, you know, if you, if you get it from the job, you don't, have to, you don't have to pay the job back. 
you do not have to pay the job back. And then if you get it from family, um, the family will give it to you if they want to see you succeed. So, I mean, they may want you to pay it back, but they're not going to be like, okay, can you pay me back now? Okay, can you pay me back now? Like like a bank, where if you don't pay them back in a certain amount of time, you're going to be in debt. Um, unless, so, um, yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, I mean, I see what you're saying, but no. Sometimes, like, getting a loan is a good decision because the point of a loan is uh, so you can kind of get that kickstart that you need. I mean, it is a good decision, but it's not the best decision. No, it depends on the situation, all right? Sometimes yeah, it, it is the best decision when, let's just say, no one in your family is going to give you money because, you know, you know how people are, they cheap, and they don't want to give you money. They give you, like, $5, and that's it. Like, you know what I'm saying? The point of the getting a loan is so you have that kickstart. So eventually you make more than the money you borrowed back. So you're not in the exact same situation you were before you borrowed the money. So there is a bit of nuance here as to what you both are discussing. So, for example, going back to my shoe restoring business, right? It might not be a good idea for me to take out like an $100,000 loan or a $200,000 loan because... While, yes, I'd be able to get, like, the supplies that I need or maybe go into some really good marketing stuff like ads and, and things of that sort. I don't have the clientele. I don't have the profit margins right now to say, like, okay, I can make that $100,000 or $200,000 back to get back to the bank. In the same fold, if you are already big time and you're getting those clientele and you're getting those profit margin numbers, Mom and pop are only going to be able to give you but so much money. So when you get into that stage, that's the type of situation where like, okay, now we're going to go to the bank. Now we're going to even, um, and I think this is another point we're going to get to later, investors. So think of a Shark Tank situation where you're pitching your, your business and you're showing them, hey, this is the revenue that we got and we want to go to the next level. You know, we want money to open up another storefront or things of that sort. And this is what we'll be willing to give you as a percentage of ownership for their of our company to get the cash flow that we need to get these bigger ideas out. Uh, so yeah, there's some nuance there. Does anybody else have anything to add on that front? Yes. Um, I was going to add on to the loan thing. Um, if you want to take out a loan, have some money on like what you said, your business already profitable, have some money that you already have, you know, so that it will be faster to pay it back. I'd say, but just forget the word loan. Don't even say the word loan. Talk, let's say grants. Like, you know, say investors, uh, there are grants out there mm-hmm. that you could apply for, that you could get to start your own business, uh, to get a, uh, to build up your own building, to have everything, um, grants. And that's the money that you don't have to pay back. That's money that, um, whoever, I guess the government gives grants. I don't know who gives out grants, but whoever is, um, giving out money to you, um, that says grant or anything like that, you don't have to pay it back. That nine to five job, I mean... Like I said, take them for what they're giving you. Uh, maybe talk to somebody in there. I don't know. Find somebody trustworthy in there who you could talk to to partner with. See if they know anybody big, bigger. You know, there's always a boss that has, there's always your boss has a boss and that boss has a boss and that boss has a boss. You know, there's always somebody above somebody. So network, communicate, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. So, you know, try, try different solutions to try to get your business up and running. That's some really rock solid information right there. And with that, 
we are going to head on out. This has been a really great discussion. And really to end it all off, I really want to take the time to highlight some businesses, especially within the local area, the DMV area, that are really exemplifying a lot of the things and tips and ideas that we have been discussing that are really good examples of uh, some solid businesses. So if you have any of those examples at the ready, feel free to go ahead and share those. Yes, I want to shout out my friends. I was waiting for this. So my friend, Rebecca, uh, she's a junior, just like me, class of 2023, her. Um, she's a cosmetologist. She does, she has a, she's a makeup artist. Um, DMV, mostly New Carrollton, Merlin. Um, her Instagram handle is beautyby.yemi. Yemi is spelled Y-E-M-I. I have another friend, uh, Tanaya. She, like we were talking about cookies. I got that example from her can bake her behind off, uh, cook her behind off. Um, I, I, I love it. Um, her Instagram is Tanaya's Tip Top Treats. Let me make sure I said that right. Uh, Tanaya's Tip Top Treats. Uh, and it's spelled exactly how you um, how you hear it. Tanaya's Tip Top Treats. Yes, that's how you say it. Um, I have another friend who does, uh, she crochets. She hasn't posted anything on her socials yet. Uh, she just got her social media uh, up and running a little bit. Um, she hasn't posted anything, but her business has been going on um, for some time now. It's called Aaron's Crochet Creations. Um, hmm. uh, so it's, it's E-C-C dot Aaron's, E-R-I-N-S underscore crochet uh, creations. I believe that's it, or just crochet. Um, yes, uh, those are some of my people who who are doing some good things in their community. Um or just maybe doing it as a hobby. You never know. But any other way, they're making money, okay? They're they getting it done. So go to, go to if you want lunch, dessert, breakfast, go to my girl Tania. If you're going out to a wedding, a party, go to my girl Tania. And then if you want the little pluff, the little pluff dog, go to Aaron. I mean, it, it's all there, you know? Um, so, yes, that's, that's my promotion. That's what I do. Oh, and I, I should promote myself. I do flyers. Hello? But I don't have no business for Indeed. that now. I just I just do that on the side. That's a little hobby right now. But I may I may get into that later on, you know. But I do make flyers, any topic, any I make it pop. I make it I make it that's that's my logo. I make it pop, you know, my catchphrase. So if you need it done, I I got you. Yes, those are all great, great, uh great people to check out. So make sure actually to leave those um handles down below in the uh well, I guess we'll post this on YouTube, but also the uh, Spotify and Apple will be down there. But I have a few people I want to shout out as well. So um, one of the people, um, the two people actually came to our big youth leadership conference um, last week. So um, the company is called Cozy Days, and it was actually established in January of 2021. And it's by two um, two guys I went to, to college with, um, Bryce McCohen and Scott Kiwi. And um, they basically, it's a brand where they want people to feel comfortable in the clothing. So all the clothing they do sell is either sweatshirts, sweatpants, t-shirts. And um, they all have, uh, the company also has a, a winter drop and a summer drop. So they're hoping to have the summer drop come out um, in around uh, May, mid-May, the end of May. And they usually sell like really good like tie-dye, like uh, t-shirts and shorts, things like that, that has, you know, their brand on it, Cozy Days. And um, they also, the other thing that's really important to them is giving back to their community. So I think last year they had a, a, a profit of their sales went to local schools in the community. So they're able to, you know, obviously they're able to sell their product, but also give back to the communities, especially um, schools. So that's a good place to check out. I'll definitely leave them 
their information down below. And hopefully we have a entrepreneurship, maybe part two episode, we actually can bring on the people that we're talking about. And then the other, the other uh, person I want to shout out is um, Shalom Omo Osagi. She has her own uh, film production company called uh, 1939 Studios. And um, it's a company that is telling black stories through the eyes and mouths of black artists. And it was basically, um, the name was from uh, Ethel Waters, who is uh, the very first black uh, person to host her own uh, television show. And it's called the Ethel Waters Show on NBC and it aired in uh, 1939, on June 13th, 1939. And so that's where the name came, comes from. And Shalom is the uh, founder and producer of the company located in the DMV area. And she graduated from uh, Bowie State University. And uh, so hopefully we can have her come on at some point as well. Another person I want to shout out, this is not really her own, I guess, um, I don't know if she has her set business yet. But she, this is her, her main hobby. She's actually one of my roommates from college. Um, she has her own, like, uh, she really likes to crochet and knit. So she's made, like, her own bags and her own, like, sweaters and things like that. She's really, really cool, good at that and talented with that. And I can also leave her uh, Instagram down below. So those are three people that I wanted to shout out, or I guess four people definitely have to give a big shout out to my brother chad hall and the people at remodelmate remodelmate is a service that connects contractors who do construction and renovation to business owners and homeowners who are looking to renovate rooms and areas in their homes and uh, properties and uh, making sure that they get not only the best price but the best quality of work so if you want to get connected with them if you're in the market for a new bathroom or constructing a new home office uh, you can reach out to the people at remodelmate.com and they will be able to help you out with that so shout out to chad and shout out to the people at remodelmate so if you got this far we definitely want to take the time to say thank you for listening to us and spending your day with us uh take the time to connect with us uh you can reach out to us by email at dreambig at leap to college foundation dot org also take the time to check us out on instagram we're at leap to college foundation inc again that's l-e-e-p-t-o-c-o-l-l-e-g-e-f-o-u-n-d-a-t-i-o-n-i-n-c we also have a link tree at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash l-e-e-p 2013 there you can find the links various links that we have to our podcast to our youtube channel to our facebook page and to our leap to college website so plenty of ways to get connected with us and we hope to see you and hear from you uh very very soon so if that is it we'll go ahead and wrap it up here we again thank you for listening and i want to take the time to give a special thanks to our round of panelists and definitely best wishes and best of luck to uh you all for your endeavors because i'm 100 percent certain that you all are going to go on to do uh, great things and be extremely successful uh we hope that you were able to get some good piece of information and be able to put it into practice for whatever the listener and the viewer may be doing at home. So uh, we thank you again uh, for listening. This has been the Dream Big Podcast, and we look forward to hosting and having you for the next one. Take care. Thank you, guys. Bye, you guys. Thank you guys. See you guys. the next one. <laughs> Bye.
I hope you enjoyed another episode of the Dream Big Podcast. Special thanks to our podcast team for holding down the fort and for always providing great insight into our conversations, as well as our very own Christopher Wallace. Please visit our website, www.leeptocollegefoundation.org. For more information regarding our programs and services, as well as our Instagram page, Leaps to College Foundation, Inc., and our YouTube channel, L2C Dream Big. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a review for us. You can also leave a rating for us on Spotify. Ratings can help us improve our content and allow more people to find our podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify because we might drop a part two to this episode. Also, look out for our next episode, which will be released May 23rd. Thank you for your support.